Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, this will mean nothing to anybody who actually listens to this because my parents don't listen, but today's their anniversary. So uh, happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. They, uh, they're not going to hear this, but... You know, just putting it out there into the world. Good, good feelings. You know, we whatever. talked about this last year. Uh, they go and we, get, we, get, get they get pizza from some place in Ohio or no, something. That's the anniversary of their first date. That's oh, August sixteenth. This okay. is their actual wedding anniversary. Uh, so a little different, but yeah, we've been doing this show long enough now that we've been through a couple different cycles <laughs> of anniversaries. So, uh, so yeah, excellent. Well, on that note, let's get to the news. Uh, movie musical, The Rose. Some say love is just a flower, <laughs> and you, it's only seed, is reportedly aiming for Broadway. Yeah, on Monday night, Variety while you reported sing, that. While you uh, are doing this this, uh, this this story, I'll sing in the background, okay? Oh, please don't. Please don't. Um, maybe you could just <laughs> let Bette Midler do it. But anyway, Variety reported on Monday night that the semi-movie musical The Rose is being prepped for a Broadway adaptation. The 1979 film starred Bette Midler and was the story of a self-destructive rock star who was struggling to deal with fame and her ruthless manager. The story was loosely based on the life of Janis Joplin and was actually set in the 1960s. Well, Variety reported that the Jackal Group, Okay, we'll be producing the adaptation and the composer of Ghost the Musical, Grammy winner Glenn Ballard, is writing the songs. No word yet if the title song that James thankfully is not butchering in the background will be included or not. Although with the way that Ghost included Unchained Melodies, maybe it's better if it's not. Um, anyway, TV and film uh, film producer Gail Berman will be one of the lead producers for the Jackal Group, which she co-owns. As a 23-year-old, she co-produced the original Broadway production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, as well as going on to produce Hurley Burley, Blood Knot, and The Nerd for Broadway. She is also on the board of directors at the Center Theater Group, having formerly been the president of Paramount Pictures and... All of that is to get to the only thing that really matters to me in her CV is that she was an executive producer on Buffy the Vampire uh, Vampire Slayer TV show. That's really all that I care about. Um, I just told you that whole backstory just for that purpose. Now, James, I, I don't think that Bette Midler has it in her to do this show when it finally makes it to Broadway. Uh, but since this was her actual big screen debut, maybe it would be nice to have a newcomer take the lead in the stage adaptation. But if not... I know a certain Tony winner who was a guest on This Week on Broadway this past Sunday that would probably be a practically perfect fit for this show. Groff or Haley Mills? No, Wait. on this past Sunday. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. It played on Sunday, but we didn't actually talk to her on Sunday. Correct. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yes, I'm not talking about Jenna Tessa Fox, although I'm sure she would be wonderful. She, uh, talk she to would you. rock it. Lena yeah, she would. Lena Hall, I think, would be great. Um, she said on the show that she was l hoping that she could still find a way to play Cher despite uh, the Snowpiercer TV show. If she can't play Cher, maybe she could play a, uh, a fictionalized version of Janis Joplin. That would be pretty cool. I think her gravelly um, uh, rock voice would be very good for the songs written for that. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds like a definite... Uh, a very good idea. You should go into casting, give up this whole uh, journalism thing. Uh, if someone wants to pay me to, to be a casting director, I will <laughs> gladly do it. Just back the Brinks truck up. Backing it up. All right. 
Uh, next up in the news, theater greats included in Academy Academy Award nominations. Not Academame Awards. That would yes, be a, I a, love a Edamame. Complete... Do you ever eat yes. Edamame? I love Edamame. It's not in my general rotation, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't turn it down. Um, but anyway, yesterday, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced the slate of nominees for the 90th Annual Academy Awards, colloquially colloquially known as the Oscars. The Best Picture nominees are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. You see any of those, James? Nope. Okay, um, I think I've got of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of nine. I've got seven of the nine, and Phantom Thread hasn't been released here yet. So uh, I'll see them all before uh, before here shortly, probably in the next week or so. But anyway, in addition to those films, there were a number of theater veterans, alums, and luminaries nominated as well, including Timothy Chalamet, Denzel Washington, Denzel. and the late art. Denzel, it's in big block letters above the title. Um, and the late Arthur Miller's son-in-law, uh, an up-and-coming actor by the name of Daniel Day-Lewis, those three were nominated for Best Actor. Sally Hawkins, Frances McDormand, Saoirse Ronan, and Meryl Streep were all nominated for Best Actress. Christopher Plummer and Sam Rockwell for Supporting Actor, and Allison Janney, Leslie Manville, and Laurie Metcalf for Supporting Actress. Other theater-related nominees include Aaron Sorkin for Best Adapted Screenplay for Molly's Game, Martin McDonough for Original screenplay for three billboards. Robert and Kristen Anderson Lopez, again nominated for their song Remember Me from Coco, and Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, nominated in the same category for This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. And while this technically isn't a, a theater nomination per se, Ferdinand was nominated for Best Animated Feature, and one of the screenwriters on the film was Broadway actor and book writer slash best-selling novelist Tim Fetterly. Uh, the nomination, I believe, goes to the director, maybe the producer. I'm, I'm not sure who that goes to. It's not the writers. Um, but that's still a pretty nice accomplishment to say Tim Fetterly co-wrote a movie that was nominated for an Academy Award, so good for him. We will have the full list of nominees in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And as I've said before, James, to me, this was not the most exciting slate of awards bait movies this year, but I love that Get Out was nominated for Best Picture and that The Big Sick picked up a nomination for Original Screenplay and that Greta Gerwig was nominated twice for Lady Bird. So while I don't think any of the ones that I specifically um, loved the most this year are going to be winning the big, big prizes, I'm rooting for these ones and I would love to see Get Out steal that best picture win although i think it's a stark underdog at this point hmm well we should have a um we should you should come on uh, this week on broadway and talk a little bit about um in more in depth about the theater relationship with the movies you haven't done you haven't been on this week in broadway in a while i haven't i mean maybe it's because we talk five days a week and we want to give the listeners a rest from having to hear me uh, all the time but if you think you can subject them to more of that i would be happy to come on this week on broadway anytime either now or when it gets closer to the academy awards it's a little bit of a different market not uh, a lot of this week on broadway listeners don't listen to the daily podcast and and why uh, and not vice, and vice versa uh too much it's like having too much chocolate in one sitting 
you know? Well, let's just say this. I don't care if they actually listen. Just download it every time. Uh, oh, that's, so that, that's, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I really care. That's that's what, like, my, my, my parents don't listen, but I have it set up on their phones and my, my the rest of my family's phones to at least download automatically. So I don't really care if you listen. Just download us and give us that. <laughs> Yes, please do that with everybody that you know. Uh, All right. In the concert news, we have uh, MCC announces initial miscast performers. Yes, fresh on the heels of BCEFA announcing plans for the annual Broadway Backwards concert. I think we talked about that on Monday's show. Mm -hmm. MCC has released details about this spring's miscast gala. Taking place on March 26th, the show has been been announced previously, will honor the aforementioned Academy Award nominee Laurie Metcalf. The annual miscast gala sees some of Broadway's hottest stars perform songs from roles in which they would never be cast. And this year, the initial slate of performers is pretty impressive, including Sarah Bareilles, Jane Howdy Shell, James Monroe Eigelhart, Raul Esparza, Robert Fairchild, Kiala Settle, who sings one of those Oscar-nominated songs, reigning Dancing with a Star champ and Hamilton alum Jordan Fisher, Katrina Link, the 2018 Best Actress in a Musical winner, of course, Alex Newell, and the voice of Moana Alili Carvalho. Uh, Additional names will be announced in the coming weeks, and tickets are on sale now for MCC Theater Patron Program members, and they will go on sale to the general public on January 30th. And James, if I can get tickets, I might be extending my trip a couple days in March, so I might be looking for a place to crash. So uh, (laughs) if I can make it all the way out there to Amityville, uh, I might be shacking up in your your office somewhere. But uh, that's a great slate, like we said, with uh, Broadway Cares, those – uh, videos for Broadway Backwards and Miscast are so much fun, and I look forward to them every year. Um, and with a slate like this, that's that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right, Broadway stars to play Broadway match game next month. Yes, speaking of great concerts with Broadway stars, in a couple of weeks at 54 Below, our friends Robbie Rizell and Rob Schneider, who is one of the co-hosts of Behind the Curtain, will be bringing Broadway Match Game to the 54 Below stage, inspired by the 1960s or 1970s game show and also apparently RuPaul's Snatch Game. Uh, contestants selected from the audience will fill in the blank and try to uh, try to match answers with an all-star Broadway panel to win fabulous prizes, all with a great white way twist. In addition to the game show, some of Broadway's greatest folks will appear in pre-recorded mock commercials from the 1970s. And uh, the press release says to expect to see some twists on your favorite 1970s advertisements. The concert will take place at 54 Below on February 6th at 9.30 p.m. and will feature uh, the great Jen Cody, Julia Murney, Leroy Reams, the legend, and George Salazar. Robbie will also be participating, and Rob will be the MC. Knowing Robbie and Rob, this should be an incredibly fun evening. So get your tickets now. They are uh, $25 with a $25 um, food and and beverage uh, requirement as well, but totally worth it to see that. I think that's going to be an absolute hoot, and I hope this turns into a regular thing over at 54 Below. Now, James, with all due respect to Rob and Robbie and Broadway Match Game, this last announcement is the one that got me more excited than basically anything else this week, if not longer, and I'm not afraid to admit that. But yesterday it was announced that cast members from the MTV reality show Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods. I always thought it was The Search for the Next Elle Woods, but either they've uh, – maybe I'm misremembering it or they've retconned it. But Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods will be having a 10-year reunion 
this summer at 54 below. Performing will be my three favorites from the show, Autumn Hurlbert, Rihanna uh, Hansen, and Lauren Zacharin, as well as Broadway and NBC's uh, The Voice alum, Rachel Potter, uh, Cassie Silva, and more. One of the TV show's judges and original Legally Blonde cast member Paul Cannon will host the event. There will be two concerts on Monday, July 23rd at 7 and 9.30, and tickets are on sale now. I can't I don't think I'm going to be able to squeeze in another New York trip before the fall, especially during the summer when there are just way too many people there. But I'd be lying, James, if I didn't say I was tempted when I saw this press release come through, uh, because I am not ashamed to admit how much I loved that TV show and how ridiculous it was. And that was my first introduction to Seth Rudetsky as well. Um, but that'll be a lot of fun. I w- would love to catch up. Obviously, I know what Autumn Hurlburt and Lauren Zacharin and, and Rachel Potter and and especially Selena Carvajal. I know what all of those contestants are are doing now. But I'd like to catch up with some of the other ones who maybe aren't as much in the spotlight now, whether they stayed in showbiz or not. But uh, really looking forward to seeing how that goes here later this year. I wonder, what do you think about a, a tie up between like Broadway HD and 54 Below? I think you should edit that out and call Stuart right now and uh, and and try to try to make that work. Because I think that they would still sell enough tickets. I don't think that people would not go to Fifty Four Below because it was on Broadway HD. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a similar argument to the shows don't actually lose attendance when it's streamed in a theater or there's a movie version you know chicago saw a huge increase in ticket sales after the movie version whenever that came out 10 years ago um yeah and especially if you don't necessarily do it live or maybe you tape delay although i would love to see it live you know but i think that's a great idea you know it's such a small doing it live there there are so many um technical challenges and problems and things like that, you know, record it, have a three camera shot or two camera shot and, and record it and put it on Broadway HD a month later. I mean, uh, for you to miss this and for me to miss, (laughs) you know, for me to miss, you know, Grand Hotel and City of Angels and things like that, because I just couldn't get there and they, such limited runs that they do these things in, but they're awesome. They're totally, I mean, Jen Tepper and, and Robert W. Schneider, who we mentioned, who is one of the programmers there as well, they do such great stuff. And and, you know, for those of us who don't live there, but even those who do, like you live in New York, you're just out on Long Island. And it's so hard to be able to see something there when you don't live in Manhattan or close by. I, I, I think that's a great idea. And I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened yet. I know that, you know, running a small cabaret uh, restaurant you know, slash restaurant in Manhattan. It's probably not cheap. So they don't want to try to eat into those ticket sales. And, uh, but I'm sure they could work out a way to make this profitable for both because that's a really, really great idea. I know, I mean, I'm already a Broadway HD subscriber. I, you know, I pay, even though I'm in the media, I don't get one for free. I pay for it and I use it very much, but I would definitely be all about getting these concerts. That's a, that's a brilliant idea, James. I, you know, I mean, Rob Schneider and Jennifer Ashley Tepper, are like 40 times smarter than me. So I think that they've probably thought of this already, but no, no. Uh, you, we should talk to them about this and yeah. see if, not, uh, yeah. Not, not 40 times smarter than you, 40 times smarter than you and me combined. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and more creative. Like they are so good at this. So I'm sure they've thought about it, something like this. And, um, I'm sure there's rights issues and stuff that goes along with that when it comes to the songs being performed and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, 
you know, maybe maybe you do it for select things. But, uh, you know, because, you know, while we're off on this tangent, like the skivvies, every time they do a concert, no matter where it is, they post it on YouTube. So I'm sure that's different than posting it on YouTube and, um, and and charging for it as part of a subscription series. But, you know, those videos are out there, so they've got to be able to figure out a way to make it work um, somehow and make it beneficial for everybody involved. All right. Uh, next up in the news, Tony winner Pam McKinnon to lead San Francisco's American Conservatory Theater. Yeah, this is breaking news that came in from American Theater uh, last yesterday evening, uh, late afternoon. But it's been a huge season of turnover for the cultural arts theater hubs uh, out in the Bay Area. And one of those turnovers is at the American Conservatory Theater, where longtime reigning artistic director Carrie Perloff will be leaving after this season. And in her place, it has been announced that Tony winning director Pam McKinnon will be taking over for her. They are already co-planning the 53rd season at ACT. And and McKinnon will officially take the reins in July. They're working together on that. As you probably know, McKinnon is a freelance director, never really been associated with just one company. She won a Tony for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and has also directed, amongst other things, on Broadway, Clybourne Park, Amelie, and currently is represented on The Great White Way by the Parisian Woman. She's also long served as a board member of Clubbed Thumb, the small uh, developmental New York City a theater company, and she's going to settle down, I guess, and take over a, a, a long-running institution. In the interview with uh, Rob Weinkert uh, Kent in American Theater at americantheater.org, he asked her why she decided to do this, and she said, quote, I've certainly thought about artistic directorship over the years. I've had this great Broadway chapter that I had to explore and see through and which continues to be very exciting. Then last July, I got a call from a headhunter the way this sort of thing happens. And they said it was about ACT. I was like, I really should think about this one. I read that the search committee had written and it was all about potential, about interlocking the Geary Theater with the company's new space, The Strand, as well as their education program, their community. There was talk about citizen artists. And I thought, I want to have a conversation with these people. And it just became more and more interesting. So it seems like she's she sees the benefits of, of being part of a, a theater community out on the West Coast and being able to develop more than just specific shows, but also that community in an entire season. So um, she's no stranger to developing shows out of town and bringing them to Broadway. So I don't think that this means that Pam McKinnon will not be directing on Broadway anymore. I just think it'll be um, she'll direct shows that she shepherds to the stage out on the West Coast and then brings them cross country again because she is one of the best that we have working. And to see her have a, a permanent artistic home is is really super exciting, James. That's that's awesome. And I totally agree with uh, with what you said there. Uh, Pam McKinnon is such a great director and the fact that she now has a, a base and she can, as the artistic director, also uh, develop works, whereas it's it's harder when you're independent, exactly. uh, when you don't have 
uh, you know, even a rehearsal space and, you know, <laughs> some sort of place just to get together and have coffee and, and bat around ideas and the development of, of new plays. That's how it happens. Uh, we didn't talk about what's happening over at Long Wharf, uh, where the uh, artistic director, Gordon Edelstein, has been fired over uh, the New York Times story that came out over uh, sexual misconduct. So we have huge turnover in artistic directors of major institutions around the country, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens over at Long Wharf as well, uh, and who's going to be the next artistic director there, and um, and uh, also tangentially to uh, to Broadway. But the uh, I read a statistic today that the Women's March is, if you combine all the marchers uh, nationwide, it is the largest. Uh, the largest uh, march in the history of the United States with f- over four and a half million people marching. So uh, that's awesome. The, the, these times uh, we are seeing history unroll right in front of us. And uh, as soon as we hear something on Long Wharf, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, congratulations to Pam McKinnon. All right. So, uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And James, you don't know this yet, but since you won't be here on the show, uh, Julie Musback will be uh, joining me on tomorrow's show. She is is currently, while we're recording, I think she's still on a transatlantic flight, and she told me she has lots to say about the theater aspects of her trip to London. So we'll have Julie back tomorrow uh, while James is on temporary hiatus i don't know i forget where you are but <laughs> i i have a uh, uh a holiday party that was scheduled for january because we couldn't get it together during the holiday season so we have a holiday party tomorrow uh, oh uh, suburban parents yeah it's actually a business thing but um but Julie coming back. I'm so excited to listen to the show on Thursday morning. So my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. I won't be with you tomorrow, but uh, someone better than me, Julie Musback, will be here. <laughs> and uh, I'll be back on Friday. We'll see you then. Someone better than you. Not Matt, but Julie. I like, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I understand my place on the totem pole. That's totally fine. It's 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 Julie, James, Matt. I get it. Totally fine. Mm-hmm.